0: Hello, listener. Welcome to another edition of the Lego Podcast by Lego Hub Uganda. I am your host, Herbert Odeke. This particular edition is brought to you in partnership with Child's Eye Foundation, one of the leading civil society actors in matters of alternative care in Uganda. Today, we shall be talking about engaging young people with lived experiences in care. Young people with lived experiences in care have a hard time integrating in the community due to lack of consistent support from their families as well as ideal mentorship. This is often caused by spending a long time in the institution. Some of the issues they face include building meaningful relationships, socializing, and basic life skills. To help young adults transition into independent living, they require a lot of support training mentorship and follow up on their progress at the end of this show we hope that you our listener will be able to understand the knowledge gaps and challenges faced by youth about transitioning to independent living ways to help youth recognize the supportive adults in their lives and develop trusting relationships and the negative effects of institutionalization to help us discuss this topic, we have Madame Patience Angabire, a probation and social welfare officer at Marchinger Division. We also have Madame Susanna Jok, County Director, Child's Eye Foundation, and finally Euleria Olivia, a care liver. First, we had a chat with Madame Patience Angabire, a probation and social welfare officer at Marchinger Division, to discuss how possible it is for someone to lead a positive life after going through care and this is how our conversation went yes you're most welcome to the show madam Patience sangabire today we shall be talking about engaging young people with lived experiences in care and it's a great honor to have you on the show to share some insights from your perspective as a probation and social welfare officer you're most welcome to the show please say hello to our listeners Thank you. Good afternoon, listeners. Like I've stated in the preamble of my introduction, today we're talking about engaging young people with lived experiences in care. And I believe myself and other listeners would be eager to know if it is actually possible to lead a positive life after going through care, given that most children, uh, actually people, are are traumatized by experiences they may face in their earlier life.
1: It is very possible. A positive life after going through care. Okay. Because usually, the the people we target for independent living, mm. uh, the the ones that have reached eighteen years. So, depending at the age when they entered into care, they are usually prepared mm. for independent living. So, by the time they graduate into independent living, they they, they must have been prepared. For okay. some years, maybe we usually recommend, like, from sixteen years, uh, for like for those two years, it should be a deliberate move by the social workers of mm. the of the homes where they are, prepare them for independent living because it, it is inevitable.
0: Okay, at some point, ultimately, you'll have to get out and face the world.
1: <laughs> yes, they have to. Yes, okay. So could you
0: please share with us probably a short story of someone who you interacted with who successfully transitioned to independent living just to make somebody sort of cautious and fearful of the outside world to make them understand that it's actually possible.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I have very many stories, but um, I know one who has graduated like uh, five years ago from her home. And um, of course with the help of the home, where he's, he's been yes the during the last two years he was um, trained into like the got a skill in uh, cosmetology yes and um, while he left the, the, the care he was given a startup kit yes. for saloon mm. for saloon equipment and uh, was given like six months rent. And then the social workers were able to follow him uh, for the next one year when he left care. At the moment, he had uh, made his saloon, and the saloon is doing well. So, like, uh, as I said, as long as they're equipped with skill, and then supported, like, the, the first uh, month when they live in they live two independent living usually they, they, they have a stepping stone where they can always lie back in case they get confused by different issues in the community. So it is usually a step by step you work with them uh, as they set up the business. Uh, those who have chosen to go for further studies and those who have decided to begin like uh, their own businesses. So for him, he's been able to make his talent and at the moment he employs two people Yes, the one who cuts hair uh, for men, and the one who plays well for him, he styles the the, uh, the hair of of women. Okay, is a good stylist. Yes. That is that is one. Another example I can give is that one who had finished uh, Essex from there, when he left, independent into independent living, he has joined police responsible training now is a, a very good police officer yeah so okay. those are the two stories I can share
0: okay thank you so much for sharing those stories I believe now our listener can get to understand that transitioning into independent living is not an abstract mm. concept it's actually something that happens and there's so many examples mm. you can borrow from so yes of course yes so mm. going going into care as a person doesn't necessarily mean that you cannot ultimately get out and lead a positive life but maybe going on i'm also interested in knowing yeah uh, mm. probably what does a young person who is transitioning to independent living have to bear in mind when the time of transitioning ca- comes if you could probably share an idea or two of what this person has to have in mind
1: um of course they they need to know that one their past experiences will not determine their future so the 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 victim attitudes of like I've been abandoned by my biological family. Uh, I don't know my relatives. It is something that of course, they need to be helped to overcome and look at the future in a positive way and build resilience. That is one of them. Because usually when you hear their stories, they always want to dwell in the past, but they are not victims anymore. They are survivors. Yes. And at that point they are adults very good citizens who have been equipped by skills of professionals in, the, in those care homes where they've been. So yes. they need to get out with a positive attitude and just learn from the past and be better persons in the future when they are into dependent living. Yes. Another advice I can give is that they need to know that uh, man is not an island. We are social beings. So, much as they don't have biological families for support, the majority may not know their biological families. And those who, who know, maybe they've been rejected. Mm. So, they can always, uh, family is not necessarily by blood, but people who are there for you. So, they, they need to make friendship with the people they met in care, then the staff they've met in the home, but also the community where they will uh, finally stay. And be social, uh, make friends, because social capital is very important. Yes. As they, they begin their journey in life, like kind of uh, alone, mm. but also with a positive attitude. So they need to, to, to be helped, of course, to connect to the service providers in their community. Since, like, in the home, they are usually very close, mm. but when they go out and into independent living, they need to to, to be shown different service providers, connect some of them, it can be churches, they can be youth groups, they can be um, other what we call foster parents, uh, like the people we look up to. Mm. You can choose a couple in the community where the child has been um, settled, and then, uh, not the child, but the the adults by that time, Mm. uh, we introduce them. People are always willing to give that parental guidance. Okay. okay, what yes. we call role models mm. in the community who can easily foster uh, an adult with a into independent living. So knowing that, I will summarize that it is about uh, getting out and mm. approaching when you need help. That people are always willing to help eh? yes. and, and, and always knowing that even they can always uh, contact the institution or the home where they had been. It's not that they've abandoned them, but they want them to stand on their own. So they can always help in in referral for services and help, and also identify families for mentorship as they they, they face life on their own.
0: Yes. So you have spoken about role models, and you have also hinted on uh, identifying uh, identifying families for mentorship. And I believe that uh, this is something crucial to the development Mm. or the transitioning of a young adult from care to a person Mm. who lives independently. So, yeah, like we have acknowledged to develop, oftentimes we look up to people who can inspire us. So if I could ask, how can a person who is transitioning to independent living identify a supportive adult when his or her time to transition to independent living comes? Because like uh, you have hinted on time and time again, it is inevitable at some point it's a reality you have to live with that you have to transition. So, how do you identify an adult who will be supportive in your life?
1: Usually, from my experience, some of them are the shy ones. Usually, <laughs> of course, it is always assumed that the the people. Okay, like one common uh, issue, uh, uh, the adults into who are graduating into independent freezing has been low self esteem. Okay, yes. usually before they graduate. We Need to build their esteem as social workers in those homes mm. so they go out with the ability to approach adults to, to look out for help for those who are who have a character which is outgoing, it has mm. been easier for them, yes, maybe to approach um, a family. But some of them, uh, from my experience, we, we have gone ahead and helped them mm, as social workers or mm. as probation officers who are in the community, the CDOs to 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 identify those families, talk to, to those families on their behalf mm-hmm. and attach them for mentorship. Okay. Those who are failed to approach. So it is about the individual person who is into independent living to always know that uh people are always willing to help.
0: Okay. So
1: if those those who are outgoing, they have approached uh the mentors on their on the people they admire. It can be church members, it can be culture leaders. Oh, it can be people of good morals in the community. Yes. So, where they have failed, we always try to help. Okay. We always try to, to help as social workers like probation and social welfare officer, or the community government officer, or even LCs eh? okay. in the community, in the zones where they stay, or the villages where they, they stay, they yes. can seek for help. So, we need to sensitize them with that information that please there's no one who can stand alone. You yes. need like someone you can always run towards a family. So a mentor is very vital while you are graduating to independent living. So the, I would recommend that uh, before they leave into independent living, already the social worker helps them to, to find a mentor. And okay. the, uh, as they go on into independent living, they can find other mentors for different um, areas like business. It can be marriage. It can yes. be family, mm. it can be other skills that they may be interested in. Yes. So at the beginning, we should help them to find a mentor as the first step. Then with time, they find their own mentors. It is okay to have very many mentors for different areas.
0: Okay, thank you. I, I was actually eager and about to ask you about uh, care leavers, or a person who is about, a young adult about to leave care who suffers mm. from low self-esteem, but I think you have actually articulated it well, that a person who mm. does not necessarily have the necessary self-esteem to approach an adult for mentorship, can be helped mm. probably by linking this person to a person who can help. Well, mm. our time is fast running out, but I'm interested in maybe just getting a parting shot from you. What What do you generally have to say, form of advice that you could give to a person who is living care? And you could also, in the same oh. strain, give advice to person who is uh, providing this care.
1: Okay, my cutting showed to the caregivers. Many first of the caregivers of the persons who are almost graduating into independent living would be that they need to be uh, deliberate to prepare that person because it is not automatic. Much as they have, they are becoming adults, they, they don't know many of that society because they've been in an enclosed place. So they need to be de- deliberate in uh, instilling them with skills, uh, skills, uh, uh, life skills, but also a skill to do to to become an income uh, for income generation, but also to always uh, go out, take an extra mile, go into the community where they intend to 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 live and identify. Supportive group or persons that we help that person to work their journey of independent living. This is the person graduating into independent living. I hope encourage them to to be positive, not looking back to so the past where they were in institutional care, to take the challenge with resilience, and of course, always um, seek for help where they need it because we all need help at a particular time in life and uh, always to, to, to use opportunities that have come their way. they should grab the opportunities as they come and not uh, then look at at. Future. okay basically they have a positive mind and always want to be to do things on their own, not to be independent on others. And above all they need to trust in God to help them find families that will love them and eventually finding families of their own when they marry. Okay.
0: Thank, you so, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much for those parting shots. That's all the time we had. Yeah. Yes. Have a good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for hosting me.
0: You're welcome. Yes, so like we have heard, no condition or no situation is permanent and it is very possible for one to transition from institutional care or being under care into independent living. So there is no better way for us to entrench this conversation than by speaking to a care who has successfully transitioned into independent living. So I'm honored to speak to Euleria Olivia and this is how our conversation did go good morning miss Olivia Eularia how are you doing today
2: good morning to you, sir i'm doing well thanks
0: well today we shall be talking about uh, engaging young people with lived experiences in care and i understand that uh, you're a care liver if i could use that word
2: yes i am
0: okay so at what age did you join the care system
2: Mm, I think I was
0: around six. Six years old. Yes. And how long, how much time did you take under care and uh, probably what experiences did you go through during this time when you were under well, care?
2: Well, I uh, spent there like seventeen years. Okay. and above. And my experience, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Though challenging at a certain point.
0: So what are some of these challenges that you faced under care?
2: The challenges we faced, we weren't, weren't much with our, with our people, with our family people. So we are not exposed much about them. We don't know some people in our
1: families.
0: So, is it right to say that uh, your culture, your language or such factors or sort of you're deprived of them during your time under care?
2: Yes, please.
0: Were you at any one point able to meet with your family?
2: Yes, I was.
0: Okay. Yeah, then... And how did it make you feel meeting your family?
2: It made me feel good. Yeah, I was extremely very happy. While... There are those there are those children who had their relatives, they had their guardians, and there are those who didn't have any. Okay. So those ones with guardians or relatives around they could come visit them or we go during the holidays, we visit them for a short while, then we come back at the center.
0: So, other than family, did you miss anything else while you were under care?
2: Of course, I did. Like? I missed the parental love, the parental care. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, we're also interested in knowing uh, when you go to know that uh, at some time, at some point in your life, you'd have to leave care. You know, because I believe that ever since you entered uh, this, the care system, at one point, every child probably would see children leaving and it hit you that uh, your time would also come to live care. So when did you get to know that you, you live care? Was it when you were six or when you are a little bit older?
2: No, I was a bit older. Actually, I think I was in twenties. 20s when I had joined campus. Because when I experienced that life, it was a bit different from the other life at the center. Yeah, cause when at the center where we are almost fed with everything, we didn't know the outside world. Okay. We didn't know that we had to hustle, mm. and we get ourselves where we want to be. Okay. Cause we are given, we are given almost everything. And when I came at campus, I came to realize some things. That's when I got that mind that I should not go back there or I have to leave the center
0: for good and you have just spoken about getting exposed to various experiences when you joined campus and of course this is a point in your life when not everything was fed to you but you go to realize that life is a Mm. little bit of a hassle how did it make you feel getting into this realization that actually at at one point in my life or this is the time that I have to 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 leave care how did it make you feel as an individual
2: well, at first it was a bit challenging.
0: Mm. Please tell us tell us about those challenges and uh, well, uh, how it generally made you feel.
2: It was challenging in a way that I had to cater for myself, though I was still getting that support. But there are some things that they couldn't provide, and there are also those needs that I also wanted as a person, and they could not provide them to me. And another thing that that uh, that made me feel like that, eh? I met many friends, I met many people with different experiences. Yes, okay. Yeah, Um. there are those ones who had, who totally had nothing, but still they had to push, they had to push life. I learned a lot from those people because they were hustling, the way they were moving up and down, mm-hmm. disorganizing their present to organize their tomorrow. Okay. I was much inspired by those friends of mine. And I I also felt like I, I should not go back at the organization. I should also start up my own. I hustle for my own
0: okay so when the time came probably it was uh, nice for you to realize that uh, you have to leave care because at some point as a young mm-hmm. adult you may have to and you ultimately have to stand on our feet so but when the time came did you receive any form of support probably from the home alternatively from friends or society community at large did you receive any support and what form of support was it
2: yeah well, well i was in my last year The last semester, uh, Child's Eye Foundation came in to to transit us to the community and they provided support to me, accommodation, food, uh, some utilities, many things. They really did a good job. They really supported me.
0: Alright, so how did that support that Child's Eye Foundation provided you with, uh, such as accommoda- accommodation, among others that you've listed? How did it, uh, su- how did that support help you to successfully transition into independent living?
2: Well, it made me feel comfortable in the new environment, in the new society. Yeah, because at least they had paid for some for some good months, whereby during those months. I also had to, to prepare myself for the coming months as well.
0: Okay. Would I be right to state now that uh, you successfully transitioned into independent living? Yes. All right. That's great. And uh, we thank the Lord and we thank Child's Eye Foundation for enabling you to transition into independent living. Maybe our time is fast running out. But before we go off, what sort of advice would you have for any child, probably any young adult who is still in care? What sort of advice would you give to such a person on transitioning into independent living? should they be wary of it? should they fear it or should they embrace it? How, how, what, what advice generally okay would you give such a person? Well
2: what I would I would advise them that there is no permanent situation. we should embrace we should embrace the opportunities we get mostly from such organizations because there are many organizations out there and for them they don't get such care they don't get such support so we should always embrace the opportunities we get we work hard and we should never be moved by small small things we should always be focused
0: yes okay thank you so much Olivia for joining us on this particular episode uh, of uh, the Lego podcast wherein we are discussing engaging young people with lived experiences in care we are all grateful that you are able to transition into independent living and we hope that uh, other children who are living care other young adults who are living care will successfully transition thank you for your time thank you
2: too thank you very much for this opportunity all right, bye. Bye bye.
0: Finally, we spoke to Madame Susanna Jok, Country Director, Child's Eye Foundation, and this is how our conversation did go. So, thank you so much, Madame Susanna Jok, for joining us on this uh, episode of the Lego Podcast, wherein we're discussing uh, matters concerning engaging young people with lived experiences in care. Well, Madame Susanna Jok is the Country Director, Child Eye Foundation. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Please say hello to our listeners.
3: Hello, listeners. Glad to be here. I hope we're all doing well and keeping safe.
0: Well, so today we're talking about uh, engaging uh, young people with lived experiences in care. Mm -hmm. And I am curious, and I believe uh, many of our listeners would also be curious to hear a few things from you, such Mm -hmm. as uh, how young people with lived experiences in care care can be supported to transition into independent living. Is it possible, and if it is, how can they be helped or supported in their transitioning time?
3: Thank you very much for the question. Young people with the experience of care have come from various backgrounds and uh, have gone through different experiences while they were in care. So the purpose of uh, supporting them with transition is to enable them adapt to a new life after leaving an institution. Okay. Now, this is not something that happens in a day, but it is a process uh, facilitated by a technical person who engages with this young person while they're in care and uh, looking at options that they can uh, explore to be able to transition out of care. So some of the supports uh, include supporting the young person to reflect on their life journey and their life plan and what they might want to be like in the future, Mm -hmm. their future aspirations. The other includes uh, uh, supporting them to transition into a new life outside an institution. Of course, you will speak to them and explore again what's available and what's practical within uh, the available resources they may have at their disposal. Mm. Some of these might include identifying family connections where they can be placed. The other also includes um, supporting them in the transition into independent living. Some of the young people who have been in care are people who have been to school and have maybe attained a qualification, say you've completed your degree course, and suddenly, when you complete your degree course, probably you're now ready to hit the job market. And uh, we discuss ways in which they can apply their skills on the job market. We also discuss ways or options for independent living if that's what they choose. Because usually they may or may not accept the fact that um, to transition means, m- might mean that you're going to live with a family or you might mean that you're going to uh, live with relatives, or to transition, means you you might be placed in a, maybe a short-term or long-term foster care arrangement. Yes. So transition also may may also involve uh, you as an individual starting a brand new life as an independent person who can take decisions on their own and who can uh, manage their life really independently on their own in their own setting uh, and uh, really doing things for themselves okay so supporting them emotionally might also involve supporting them economically but also it might also be supporting them through uh, engagement say between maybe a host family that's taking them on and with them to ensure that the placement works if you're going to place them in a new family
0: so from my understanding out of uh, your discussion it seems like uh, these young people need actually other people, probably adults or families, to support them in their transition journey. So who can give this sort of support? Must it be a person with specific experience or any person, as long as uh, he or she meets a young adult in uh, the transition phase of his or her life, can be of help or can be supportive to this young adult in this transition year of his or her life or in this transition years of their lives?
1: Um... They can
3: support to these the young people with lived experience of care can be drawn from various, uh, from various places. Okay. But the initial support really must be uh, with somebody who understands what a young person with lived experience of care goes through, what their needs are, what their challenges are, and also they should be a person who can be able to offer the real psychological support as and when needed to them and also technically just understand uh, the principles and uh, the practices around uh, transitioning uh, young people or transitioning someone from an institution so okay. it's not just anyone saying okay susan you've been at sunny baby's home it's now time for you to go and i just pick somebody off the street to work with you the okay. person might not actually understand what my needs are huh? yes. the person might not be technically also competent, competent to to support me on the journey but having said that i would like to say that um along the journey of making transitions we you might need the support of particular expertise that you as a a person might not need if say you realize probably okay the transition has issues to do maybe addressing spiritual life or addressing career guidance in a particular area of expertise or if you have say for example Found yeah, uh, you're transitioning a young adult who has probably completed uh, maybe a diploma in photography or graphic design, and uh, of course you're saying okay, we transition you into independent living, find your find your place to stay, and then you're like okay, I think one of the things I want to do is set up a photo studio or a design hub to do something. Uh, I need ideas on how I can run this effectively. If I am the person, the social worker that's been walking the journey with them and the conversation around setting up a design hub and photography comes up, if I don't have that expertise, I should be able to signpost this young person to a particular interest with similar experience that can also offer that additional, uh, or additional input. Plus, of course, along the journey, there might be um, incidences or developments that happen in the young person's life that will also require some
0: external support. Yes, yeah, so th- thank you so much for that insight on uh, actually who should support a child in matters uh, concerning them transitioning into independent living. But I'm also curious to know, and probably most of our listeners, uh, if Child's Eye has any initiatives in place that actually help young adults to transition into independent living.
3: Yes, we have had, uh, we have some initi- initiatives to support young adults to transition into independent living. Um, I want to give an example of a collaboration we have right now with one of the institutions run by the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, we've been able to transition at least uh, over 30 young people into various, uh, to various areas. Some, I've told you, we've transitioned them into families. However, there are those who have been able to transition into independent living. So like I mentioned earlier on, as we talk about, discuss the transition, the conversation on transition may even take up to a year as we think through with the individual involved. So each person's uh, transition plan or transition journey is different and is based on what what they aspire to be or what they aspire to achieve. So each of them discusses and uh, with us what their plans are, what their views are. Uh, the current team that we have transitioned from uh, this institution uh, includes several who have uh, completed various courses in various areas. Some we have supported with the startup capital to do small businesses. Some we have uh, supported uh, technically through... Uh, offering advice into advice to some of the initiatives they have set up some uh, we have also supported to establish themselves in independent uh, space finding their own independent home where they can live and we're able to support them with the initial initial say rent for say, a year as they settle in and the intention is not that is not, not to support rent perpetually but uh, Support them initially as they get into the world as young adults. Starting up a living, planning for their incomes and all that. And once they have transitioned, uh, the conversation with them continues with us. We check on them, we review how they're doing and uh, try to understand if they are meeting any challenges or we can refer them to places where they can receive support. And uh, the relationship continues to grow with them.
0: Okay, well, that that is very great. And I believe... uh... Very many young adults have already benefited from this, and many more probably benefit from such an initi- initiative because ultimately they have to transition into independent living. So, just for a young adult outside there who will probably listen to this this legal podcast and is desirous of accessing the the sort of help or the form of help that you offer, how how can they access this?
3: Okay, thank you for that question. Uh, just to clarify, but. Uh, when we, when we work on transitioning young adults, the transitioning conversation or the discussion starts with the management of the institution. So this means that we support we, we start the, we start discussions with the, the institution and they agree on what needs to be done. How many young people are in that institution? Uh, where are they in their career? Where are they in their lives? how can they be supported? And then each of them is handled individually but usually the starting point is the discussion with the with the with the institution usually the orphanage okay. we don't handle uh young young adults who come randomly to say i'm in an orphanage support me to transition okay. there has to be a collaboration with an institution already happening and that uh we are both mutually agree that this is what's going to happen between us child eye and this institution
0: Okay. So thank you for making that uh, clarification. I acknowledge that uh, at uh, the preamble of this uh, podcast, you actually spoke about uh, the specific kind of people who can help or support young adults to transition into independent living. And this should be a certain category of people. But I'm curious, if there's an adult outside, there or probably a couple who understands the kind of problems that uh, young adults face when they're transitioning. Is it possible for them to offer any sort of support to these young adults? And if yes, how can they sort of come into the pool of Child's Eye such that uh, you sort of connect them with this young adult to, to help transition?
3: What Yes, that is very possible. Usually what happens is when we, we begin the conversation around uh, transition, uh, we also remember we work also with the uh, community structures Uh, our network to help us identify potential individuals in communities who might be open to taking on a young adult. So once either these uh, these individuals or families have been identified and uh, uh, pointed out to us, we will first of all even discuss and help them understand what it means to take on a young adult, to live with them, for example, or to look after them. Um, we will also um, undertake um, an in-depth assessment of the of the family to understand the dynamics in the family, the practices in the family, the fa- physical setup of the family, looking at the infrastructure. Because remember, if you bring in a young adult, it's not like you bring a baby, yes. but you bring a, a young person who probably needs to be handled in a, in a, a certain way. So if you're a family and you're living say in a in a one bedroomed house, probably with your two children and you say you would like to take on a young adult, probably this uh one bedroom the pa one bedroom house might not be the best. Because we one, you're constrained by space. Number two, there you also have the little children and if or if you're, you're taking on a maybe a, a girl who is underage and uh, maybe they are Men and many other male people in the house, where we think probably the dynamics in this house might be of a risky, might might be a bit of a risk. Then we weigh the situations accordingly. But usually, as we find, try to find uh, families that are willing to take on the 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 young adults transitioning, we also try to ensure that uh, the safety of the young person is of interest. interest to us.
0: Okay, thank you for sharing those insights. Well, our time has run out, but I'm interested in picking your mind uh, on probably some parting shot. Uh, how would you advise uh, a young adult who is living care or actually also a caregiver in this process of helping children transition? What should a, care, a caregiver or a person who takes on a young adult have, have in mind? And uh, what should also this young adult who is at this stage of transitioning have in mind when the time comes?
1: Okay, thank you i would advise that for, for the
3: for the caregiver supporting these young adults with transition it is important that uh, you understand that each young adults that you're supporting the transition is unique the young adults are not the same they have different things they have different preferences they have different characteristics they have different needs they have experienced different things different in their life and as caregivers they should be very much in touch with what it is that is uh, happening to this child, what is it that explains their behavior. So treat each young adult as a unique person. They are not all the same. Now, for the young adults, usually uh, my my advice would be um, transitioning uh, is a process. It doesn't happen over time. And uh, to transition, uh, it also means we should be open-minded you know, it is like when you're transitioning, you're starting a new chapter in your life. So it means a lot of what might happen, what you might go through in the future, what you might see, what you might learn, what you might experience will be different from what you experience while in an institution. Where well, if a young adult is in an institution, they're mostly used to routine, they're mostly used to, uh, uh people taking care of them cooking for them probably cleaning for, for them but to transition and start a new life probably means that you have to take on some of these or you have to learn new skills or you have to learn how to do things differently and also you have to learn how to relate differently so to transition really for a young adult means you have to be flexible you should be open to learn and also it might not be as easy but uh it's also, also you usually good learn how to seek help and guidance along the journey of transition
0: okay thank you so much that's all the time we had uh, for this podcast thank you bye bye we have come to the end of our legal podcast wherein we discussed engaging young people with lived experiences in care our guests have been madame patience angabire a probation and social welfare officer of marchinger division we also spoke to a careliver euleria olivia And finally, the country director, Child's Eye Foundation, Madame Susan Ajok. This podcast has been brought to you by Legal Hub Uganda in partnership with Child's Eye Foundation.